The Coachella Valley Firebirds, just like their NHL counterparts, had a magical season, which actually led them to the AHL Calder Cup final. And one of the players that helped them get there was Cole Lind. Now, we do know that Lind was able to sign. We do know that Lind re-signed with the Seattle Kraken on another two-way deal. But what are his chances of making the NHL roster for 2023-24? And why, perhaps, if we look at the numbers, can we deduce that maybe he and his team negotiated him into a better chance of being a fourth-line forward for the Kraken? That and more on this episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked On Kraken, your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken, where we bring you your favorite team every single day. Locked on Kraken, of course, is part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Every dayers, you know me, but for those who maybe are listening for the first time or for the first time in a while, I'm your host, Erica L. Ayala. And uh, it's a Friday. That means we're talking Coachella Valley Firebirds. Of course, these are going to be players that might find a way to crack the Seattle Kraken roster. And we're going to start talking about Cole Lind. But before we do that, I want to let you know, today's episode of Locked on Kraken brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked on today to get started. So let's talk a little bit about Cole Lind. You heard in my open, and I'm sure you remember, that the Coachella Valley Firebirds went the distance with the Hershey Bears in their first season as an organization in the American Hockey League get to the Calder Cup final. Just couldn't quite close it out. And if you missed it, we had live watch parties. I went on epic rants talking about this. But let's just step back from a little bit of the heartache and disappointment in that and talk about some of the bright spots. And there were definitely plenty of bright spots. And I'm going to start with Cole. There was only one player on the Coachella Valley Firebirds that scored more than Cole Lind. And that was, of course, the captain, Max McCormick. I mean, just like the captain, Max McCormick, as we can see here for those watching on YouTube, For those listening on audio, don't worry, I'll walk you through it. Max McCormick with 67 points. That came by way of 28 goals and 39 assists. Right behind him, Cole Lind with 30 goals and 32 assists. Again, especially during the Calder Cup final, we talked a lot about Cole Lind and his productivity at the AHL level on this very show right here, Locked on Kraken. And for those watching on YouTube, I am... I'm on the road and no, this is not the joy of cooking. This is not the joy of cooking, but this is the joy of all things Seattle Kraken. So again, thinking about Cole Lind, 
He is a player that we know we have at least for a little bit longer. He was able to re-up with the Seattle Kraken. We've talked about this in passing, but um, he has a one-year two-way deal that's at 775K AAV, at least at the NHL level. And I'm looking right now at the sound of hockey. Big fan, should follow. But Curtis comes back. But Curtis has a great article, came um, last month, early last month, almost exactly a month ago, where he really breaks down some of the numbers and why this deal for Cole Lind might actually put him in a better position, all things equal perhaps, to crack the NHL roster. But first, let's just get to what Cole Lind has been doing. Again, the productivity on the offensive side insane and he's also playing top minutes or did play top minutes on that top line for the Coachella Valley Firebirds um, alongside uh, I believe it was McCormick and True and so (laughs) what he's getting there is just veteran guys who know how to play the game obviously McCormick top scorer there and Alexander True so many people talk about how he's just an engine Hashtag no days off. Hashtag no shifts off. Alexander True. And so his workload and the work ethic had to be at a pretty high level at the AHL. Now, Collins doesn't have that much breadth of work at the NHL level. He was with Vancouver and now with the Kraken. And some of and some of the rub, at least in what we read, again, Sound of Hockey, and you can look at a few other places as well, is that maybe, you know, his skating is a little bit on the weaker side, um, wondering if he's a defensive liability. And so those are all things that are going to make it difficult to compete at the NHL level. So does he have a role? I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Seattle Kraken training camp is going to be very, very competitive. And there are some people that think Coland can slide into one of the, the, those fourth line uh, roles at forward. And if you look at Curtis's piece over on the Sound of Hockey, he thinks that he, that being Coland, might go head to head in training camp with Kyler Yamamoto as far as getting more regular playing time in the National Hockey League. Um, But you also have to think about Ty Cartier. Ty Cartier already had time with the Seattle Kraken, including in the postseason, and definitely held his own. So what kind of jump is Cole Lynn going to be able to make in training camp? What can he show the Seattle Kraken staff in particular to make a case to have him on that roster and to have significant minutes filling in for what we miss in Ryan Donato, Daniel Sprung, and Morgan Geeky. Can he do that? We also know that particularly with um, with uh, Donato and to an extent Morgan Geeky, that there was some flexibility there regarding what position they were playing. Now, this is what I really liked about Curtis's article. I'm going to show it here on the screen just for a minute. And I'm going to scroll back up. 
But I want to talk about his deal. Curtis does a great job here. But again, this is from last month. Just an update on Kale Flurry and Cole Lind. But we're focusing on Cole Lind right now. And the question being posed by Curtis, is this a mutually advantageous deal? Highly recommend you check out the article, but I'll do my best to summarize it for you. Now, this I found interesting, and I'm really grateful for Curtis and other people who break this down because it's not always something that I'm I'm at front of mind thinking about. But the minimum guaranteed salary for last year was 175k for Lind. That has doubled up to 345k when it comes to his guaranteed salary. So um why is that important? Well, because that's what the organization is going to pay Cole Lind 345k um, to to play, but I think it's also interesting because Curtis says here um, that Lind's camp may have reached the conclusion that he had a greater chance to actually earn higher in the NHL salary if he agreed to take a bit less. Seems a little bit counterintuitive, but here's what we're talking about. John Hayden, Pierre Edward Belmar are at 775K. Uh, and that means that they have their, when, the way the deal works is, you know, they have a, a rate that they're locked in for at the NHL level and then a rate that they're locked in for at the AHL level. And so if he's competing in theory for a spot on an NHL roster, and he effectively costs less, again, all things being equal, do, do the Seattle Kraken maybe go with Cole Lind to keep the cap in order? Uh, and Curtis writes, with Seattle spending to the cap, every dollar matters and can be significant in weighing marginal pieces. Of course, this is true of other teams around the NHL too. Lind could be slightly more interesting on waivers at 775 than he would have been at 892 or more. So also thinking about playing that waiver wire game, right? Um, so that's really interesting. And Kurt, Curtis goes on to say, the contract could have been a two-way deal and high NHL salary that might have helped push him back to the AHL for another season. Lind would have preferred a one-way deal at or around the value of a qualifying offer, but Seattle wasn't willing to offer it. And so that's when you have to have a little bit of gamesmanship because Curtis goes on to talk about um, not going into arbitration, etc. cetera. Um, but another wrinkle here is that Curtis writes, um, unless Lind appears in 50 regular season or postseason NHL games this season or is re-signed in the interim, he will meet each of the criteria next season regarding um, – being a restricted free agent because he is a, an RFA next year. He's over 25 years old and has played three or more professional seasons, um, but fewer in the NHL. That's um, he's a group six unrestricted free agent. So what Curtis is saying is that Lind maybe has some leverage, whether that's with the Kraken or other people regarding the open market. So what Curtis is effectively saying is that there's some stra strategy with regard to Cole Lind and how he set up his Kraken contract, 
We also, and we've seen this with the Kraken before, we see that the Kraken are not afraid to kind of be firm in what their expectation is and also managing that cap space. But overall, another example, just with Cole Lind here, that this is going to be a really competitive training camp, not only because there are just a, a, a few spots, really, I'd say maybe like two or three spots that are potentially open on the NHL side, but also some of these guys, if they can't make it with the Kraken, they want to have a good year so that they can be in a good position when it comes to the open market. Again, Coland an RFA next year. Um, and so it will be interesting to see what happens. How many games does he get in the NHL, if any? Um, and what can he do to kind of reprise his really good performance in the AHL? Coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we're going to take a look at a few other top prospects and um, just some quick Firebirds updates on this Firebird, Firebirds Fridays. All right, that's coming up on Locked on Kraken. As I mentioned at the top of the show, this episode of Locked on Kraken is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, that's right a future bet you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season hello just pick any team to win the super bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory you can use your bonus bets on things like spreads player props over unders and so much more so check out what fanduel has for you by going to fanduel.com backslash locked on and start earning bonus bets with america's number one sports book that's FanDuel.com backslash locked on. And uh, remember to uh, gamble responsibly and bon chance. Best of luck to you. Coming to you with another episode of Locked on Kraken. Now we broke down a little bit about Cole Lint. He's, um, you know, I, I kind of use the term prospect very broadly, whereas I think most people, the tried and true version of prospect is players that, maybe haven't had any NHL experience, but are knocking on the door or will be in a, in a handful of years. For me, a prospect is anyone that's not playing in the NHL. That's how I think about it. But anyway, so is Coland a prospect or not? Again, he'll be 25 soon enough. So kind of on the older side of prospect, but an interesting, an interesting uh, player that could be key for the Seattle Kraken organization in one way or another, whether that's with the AHL or at the NHL level. But again, going to be an important year for him because it's only going to get tougher. It's only going to get more competitive. And that is because there are so many up and coming prospects that the Seattle Kraken have in the pipeline. Now I referred to the athletic. I think they do a really great job of doing some analysis and breakdowns and all of these different rankings. So in um, January, uh, Scott Wheeler from The Athletic ranked the Seattle Kraken at number 15 in 2023 when it comes to the prospect pool rankings. Now, that was a jump of 17 spots. We talked a little bit about this on a 
a past episode. But what I thought was really interesting about this list from um, Scott Wheeler is that, you know, who is the, the last prospect on the list? Ty Cartier. And as I mentioned in the first segment, Ty Cartier played some pretty significant minutes for the Seattle Kraken in our postseason run after the Jared McCann injury. And then he stayed in the lineup. This is what um, Scott Wheeler had to say about Cartier. And I, I just want to go to this. Again, this is from January. So this is old. And then I'll bring you up to current with um, Sound of Hockey and a few other places. I've liked most of what I've seen out of Cartier and his jump from undrafted top OHL scorer um, to NHL signed AHL rookie. The Firebirds have been one of the best teams in the AHL in their inaugural season. And Cartier hasn't looked the least bit out of place. Um, but he goes on to say, cross your fingers and hope that he's still got more runway left than a player his age would typically have. So 21 years old at the time of this. Cartier, six foot one, 200 or so pounds, uh, has a quick release shot, B minus grade skill, and a hardworking approach. Nothing special about his game, but he's a good player who should be serviceable for the organizational depth even if his ceiling is probably fringe NHLer by 23 or 24. Interesting. Um, I think it's a pretty fair assessment, but we've also seen that Cartier, regardless of what's on paper, that work ethic that's mentioned, hardworking approach, that fits into this Kraken system so well. And it goes back to something that I said yesterday. Uh, success begets success, right? That comes from the article that North Dakota is doing that series on Dave Haxtell. And so what I think people like, including the players, about the Kraken organization right now is if you work hard, you're going to be rewarded. And if I remember correctly, you know, there was something where at some point in time where, you know, Dave Haxel and the organization, they kind of alluded to that. You have to put in the work. This organization rewards folks that are putting in the work. So does Cartier have uh, the highest ceiling? Well, according to Scott Wheeler, no. All right. Sorry, everyone. Had to switch my audio source. But what I was saying is, even if Tar Cartier, at least by some pundits, doesn't have the highest upside, can some of that be mitigated by the approach that Dave Haxtell and the Seattle Kraken have of pouring into their players, but also knowing that success begets success and giving more opportunity to players like Ty Cartier to not only bring their confidence up, but to, um, in a positive way, kind of get their mind the motivation in their mind, give them just a, a little bit of a dangling carrot to say, hey, you know, I can compete at this level. If I work hard, I can compete. And when you get a little taste of that success, you want more success. And when you want more success, you're going to do the things that made you successful. So I think Cartier is a really interesting example of what we talked about yesterday with Dave Haxtell and his approach and how that might be something that really comes into play for the Seattle Kraken and a few players on this squad. Again, I think we're going to have a really competitive training camp. 
who else are we thinking about here? Of course, everyone's talking about Shane Wright. Now, Shane Wright is interesting because I think you do have to say that he's definitely, at minimum, the player that most people are going to be looking at when we talk about prospects. Hello. Hello. We got the dogs out. We got the dogs out. So I think Shane Wright, you still have to look at Shane Wright. He's going to be, we got the dogs over here. He's still the most interesting prospect. I do think that Shane Wright, from a leadership perspective, is very intriguing. His time with Hockey Canada, his time with the Firebirds, I think that we've seen quietly, especially compared to everything with the drama about him dropping to four and the drama of him being with the NHL but not on the NHL roster or in in the lineup and all of that drama and also the exemptions, which is still a storyline. I think that Shane Wright has grown leaps and bounds. And so he is someone that I'm going to look to watch, particularly with his maturity and his leadership. You still have to have Shane Wright there. And quite honestly, He's the number, the, the, he was the, fir- the fourth overall draft pick in his class, came to the Seattle Kraken. So the Seattle Kraken, one way or another, are going to have to find a way to get Shane Wright to the, productiv- the productivity that they had imagined. Or, as we've also talked about on this podcast, if that's not working out, then they have to find a way to utilize Shane Wright and the rights to Shane Wright to get them something that will. But I'm still having faith in Shane Wright, but I do think we just need to take a beat. And I hope that for Shane's sake, and honestly, for a little bit of my sanity, that we just kind of um, are more realistic with our expectations about prospects. And that all prospects are a little bit different. A player that I guess is kind of that hybrid prospect, but seasoned player professionally is Joey Decord. Joey Decord, like Cole Lind, was also re-upped by the Seattle Kraken. And the goaltending situation is very interesting for the Kraken. We know that Chris Drieger was out last season with an AHL injury, or excuse me, with an ACL injury and was in the AHL at the end of the season, backstopping Decord. We know that Philip Grubauer didn't have the greatest season. Well, no one for Seattle had a great season last year, but really stepped up toward the back end of the regular season and definitely in the playoffs. So can Joey Decord, who maybe felt a little bit put out by, um, you know, things that happened last year, or I should say the year before last when he was playing with the Charlotte Checkers um, and, and a few other things, you know, is that enough drive and motivation to get Joey Decord on pace to really make a strong case to be the second goalie in a National Hockey League organization. But similarly to that, Chris Drieger coming back from injury. How fit is he? Is it motivation that even though he was back and technically cleared to play that the Firebirds still went with Joey Decord? And I don't think that was the wrong move. Joey Decord had an excellent season. So Again, going to be a really important training camp. Lots of competition. Other players that everyone is watching. I mean, obviously, uh, Shala, that's coming to us. He was our first pick in round one in the latest draft. But I, I want to go back to Sound of Hockey because they have um, a, a really interesting kind of 
classification of the prospects in particular and who they think is going to be vying for an NHL spot and who's going to probably be with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So the two players that we see that the Sound of Hockey thinks are going to be vying for a spot in the NHL, that's Ty Cartier. So very different from what Scott Wheeler said, at least in January. So just to remember, that was those comments from Wheeler were in January. But then also Shane Wright. Um, and this is what Sound of Hockey says. Unfortunately, there are in intricacies and complications with that pesky NHL-CHL agreement that blur the situation with Wright next season. Ideally, Wright could play in the American Hockey League and continue to develop if he's not quite ready for the NHL, but that might not be a permanent option. Wright has little to prove in junior after tallying 37 points in 20 games for the Spitfires last uh, this year. Um, so, uh, again sticky situation for Shane Wright again junior hockey it doesn't seem to be the right option and we've talked about this before but general manager Ron Francis uh, really wanting um, to and hoping that between the NHL uh, the AHL and of course junior hockey that they can figure out the situation that is best for Shane Wright and I think most everyone can agree that what's best for Shane Wright's development is not to play junior hockey so Players that we think are returning to the NHL, uh, Petman, Henman, and Sapala. That's uh, who the Sound of Hockey has chosen. Uh, players that are headed to the AHL because they've aged out of junior. That includes Logan Morrison, Kyle Jackson, and maybe some players that can make the leap um, to the AHL would be Ryan Winter Winterton, excuse me, uh, Jacob Melanson, and VA Otta. Ottavinen. Um, so other players that are maybe up in the air when it comes to the AHL, according to the Sound of Hockey, Tucker uh, Robertson, uh, and he was playing for the Peterborough Peets. That's such a redundant name. Um, but uh, that could be a player that, ah, you know, we have to see what happens. And then players who are definitely staying in more developmental leagues or even in the uh, NCAA, uh, Jagger Furkus, who I think in a couple of years is someone we're really going to be talking about. Goyette, um, uh, Coco, uh, Yanni Nyman, Nyman um, uh, there's a few players there. So I think it's going to be interesting. What this tells me overall, though, is that there's a scaffolding. There is a definite scaffold and staggering of some of our prospects. And obviously that's what you want. But it's been interesting because the Seattle Kraken are, are brand new. And so we have this really cool opportunity to see the stagger build, the staircases being built in real time for our organization. Coming up next, just a quick update on uh, any moves that the Firebirds have made. It is our Firebirds Friday episode. And we do know it's the off season, but the off season is really winding down. So we're just seeing little, uh, you know, specks of information here and there. But we did get a re-signing for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So I'll talk about that coming up on Locked on Kraken. Thanks as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily destination. We bring you your team every day. I've talked about this before, but we got to stay tuned to Locked on NHL prospects. They're going to start rolling out their rankings 
from 1 to 32 on which organization has the best prospect pool. I am very curious to see where the Seattle Kraken end up. Right now, most people have the Seattle Kraken middle of the pack when it comes to our prospects. And we've talked about that on a prior episode. And I'm very curious to hear what our experts over on Locked on NHL prospects have to say about that and who they think could make the jump. Do they agree with what we've seen with Sound of Hockey? Where does Cole Lind fit into it? So we might have to do a Squadcast episode soon, especially since, again, we're in the dog days of the offseason, getting ready for uh, training camp, which is going to be highly competitive training camp. So we will definitely be tapping in to Locked on NHL prospects. So you might as well already put it in the queue as a part of your daily destination after, of course, you listen to Locked on Kraken. But we did get this week that the Coachella Valley Firebirds re-signed Jake McLaughlin, uh, a defenseman, and he appeared in 32 games for the ECHL with the Kansas City Mavericks. He's 27 years old, 19 points, split four goals, 15 assists with the Mavericks. Uh, He played for the Milwaukee Admirals, uh, in the AHL. That's the team that one of their logos is the refrigerator, part of the Nashville Predators organization. And Kimmel and I had an amazing squad cast about that. Check it out. He also has experience um, playing and won the Kelly Cup with the Florida Everblades um, in 2021-22. He played for the University of Massachusetts, uh, the Minutemen, He had 42 points, split 10 goals, 32 assists in his 138 games for UMass. He had a plus 27 ranking for the Minutemen. That's super cool. So again, we see that teams are starting to get their core group together. If we take a look at um, what McLaughlin was able to do last year, this was just a really stacked team. Uh, not much for the AHL with regard to uh, McLaughlin. Again, a lot of his numbers coming with our affiliate the um, in, in Kansas City. But if you look at McLaughlin, he played, um, I think, two games for the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Um, you know, but we need to see a little bit of a, You know, we need to see a a little bit of a larger sample size, really, to be able to determine what he's going to look like at the AHL level. Now, at his age, is he someone that we're going to necessarily see at the NHL level? Probably not, but we'll see. So a lot more questions than answers right now. I'm okay and content to kind of wait to see how things play out, especially in training camp. And I love when some of our listeners and viewers comment about some of the things that you want to see. One of the comments I got from yesterday's episode is that you want more player interviews. And so the hope is that Locked on Kraken will be at training camp at Kraken Community Iceplex. Once again, we did that in the inaugural season, hoping to get back there. And I want to batch a lot of these interviews. So we, it's me and a player or two on camera, and you get to hear from them directly, especially on how they are approaching training camp and the preseason. And that is only 
going to be something that we can then refer back to. You know that we archive the interviews over on the Locked on Kraken YouTube page, but I'll be very curious to hear what players like Riker Evans, Ty Cartier, Cole Lind are saying in training camp and then how their season progresses. Thanks as always for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. We bring you your favorite team every single day. We're in our off-season mode, so we're coming to you three times a week. And soon enough, though, we will be back to our five-day schedule right here as part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. Hold fast. Stay true. Get fired up. And we say loud and proud. Let's go Kraken. Peace.